Money makes money makes money. Welcome back, Cash Kids. All right, I'm gonna get serious. Listen up. We've hit on many financial terms this season already, but today, today's term is one that many, many lose lots of money without even realizing it because they don't understand how it works. If we cash kids can understand the power of compound interest early in life, guess what? We'll have more later in life. And I've got a great financial expert and book author here to break it down for all of us. Brian Feraldi is the author of a book, Why Does the Stock Market Go Up? We love this book in our house, and Brian agreed to come onto the show and talk about it. Stay tuned, please. It's a matter of big bucks down the road. The Cash Kid Podcast is underway. So, you got some cash. Maybe from an allowance? Or that money your grandma gave you for your seventh birthday? Here you go, sweetie. Woohoo! Thanks, Grandma! Whatever it is, what are you going to do with it? Spend it? Hide it away, or maybe invest it. Let's start learning how to make that money grow. Time to learn how to be a cash kid. So, joining us today is Mr. Brian Feraldi. Brian is a financial educator, podcaster, YouTuber, speaker, writer, and author. Mr. Brian's vision is to spread financial wellness, which is exactly what us cash kids need. Welcome to the show, Brian. And first off, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you for having me. It is a true honor to be here. Uh, I myself uh, graduated from college in 2004, and I really put that down as the mark of the start of my money journey. Uh, prior to that, I was taught absolutely nothing about, about money uh, growing up. Uh, despite graduating with a degree in business, I was taught next to nothing about uh, personal finances. I was taught next to nothing about the stock market, about compound uh, interest, about the basic principles of spend less than you earn, invest the difference, and grow your wealth. Now, after college, my dad handed me a copy of a very popular book uh, back in 2004 called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And that book was the first book I ever read that opened my eyes up to the ideas that anybody can build wealth. Anybody can become wealthy in one generation. And importantly, rich people think differently about money than middle-class people and poor people uh, do. And that book opened my eyes to the power of compound interest, introduced me to people like Warren Buffett and Peter Lynch. And that really kick-started a love affair with everything related to money, personal finance, and investing that continues to this day. So for the last 20 years since I launched that book, I've been doing everything in my power to educate myself and take that information to educate other people about how to do better with their money. All right. That's amazing. So first off, tell us about your book. Why does the stock market go up? So I have been voraciously reading books about money and investing for, again, the last 20 years. One question that I always had about investing in the stock market is that lots of books I read essentially said the same thing. The stock market is the greatest wealth creation machine ever. 
the stock market grows at a compound annual growth rate of about 10% per year. And every time the stock market crashes, don't worry, that's a time to buy. The stock market will always come back. I bought that hook, line, and sinker. However, I didn't understand a fundamental question despite reading those great books. And that was, I could see the long-term chart that showed the U.S. stock market going up and to the right continually for decade after decade. But it was never explained to me why that happens. And I was always taught as a kid, what goes up must come down. So every time the stock market crashed, as it did in the year 2000, as it did in the year 2008, as it did in the year 2020, I always thought, well, that's it. It's, it's crashing. Why on earth would this stock market come back and continue on to a new high? So I wanted to answer that question fundamentally for myself and really get into the crux of why, why does the stock market uh, go, go up? Uh, so that was the that was the reason that I wrote the book is that no such book like that existed. Yeah, you cover a lot of topics in your book, but today we want to refocus on the financial term compound interest. What would be the basic definition for compound interest? Well, I think Benjamin Franklin has the best definition of compound interest ever, and he said, "Money makes money, and that money makes money, and that money makes money." That's the simplest way to describe compound interest. It's the idea that if you can invest your money and grow it on a percentage basis, over time, the interest that you earn on your money earns interest itself, which earns interest itself. And the net effect of that is that the total amount of wealth that you have grows at a faster and faster rate over time. To take a really simple example, let's pretend we invested $1,000 in the stock market and we earned 10% per year. Well, after one year, we'd have $1,000 of our initial principal plus $100 in gains. Then if we did that one more year, we would have $1,210 in gains. That extra $10 is interest on our interest from year one. And if you play that forward year after year, the interest that you earn on your interest actually becomes a bigger figure than the initial amount that you invested. Yeah. So what do you think people most likely misunderstand about this topic? Yeah, it's one of the hardest things for our brains to wrap their head around is the long-term effects this of compound interest. One of the most famous investors of all time is a guy named Warren Buffett. If anybody has ever heard of him, Warren Buffett is one of the 10 richest people uh, on earth. He's worth over $100 billion. And what makes Warren Buffett so unique, is he's the only, one of the only people on the, the list of the richest 100 uh, American uh, people in the world uh, that got there primarily through investing. Warren Buffett is 93 years old. And again, he's worth over $100 billion. And what's so fascinating about that is that 99%, 99% of his net worth came after he turned 55, 99%. So when he was 30 years old, he was probably only worth a couple million dollars. 
a lot of money in absolute terms, but that's not a hundred plus billion uh, dollars. So humans have a large, hard time conceptualizing how big numbers can get after you multiply them out over a period of time. I have a really quick riddle to showcase this in principle. Uh, dec- uh, uh, centuries ago in, in China, um, somebody asked the king for a very simple, uh, very simple uh, favor. He said, "Take out a, che- a chessboard, okay? And on the first, in the first checker, uh, I want one grain of rice." And all I want you to do is double the grains of rice for each uh, piece on, on the chessboard. And the king thought about it for a second, and he didn't agree uh, to, to it. Because while it started at one grain of rice, that doubled to two, that doubled to four, that doubled to eight, by the time you got to the end, it was more than all of the, all of the rice in the entire world could produce uh, combined. So that's really hard for our brains to conceptualize, that things get bigger over time when they compound. Yeah, of course. So how does the stock market compound? So if you look back historically at the re- returns of the United States stock market, as represented by something called the S&P 500, the long-term returns of the market are about 10% per year, meaning that your money compounds at about 10% per year. How does, how does that happen? There's a couple of factors that cause that 10% compounding uh, to, to occur. Uh, thing number one is population growth. Each year, the population of the United States and the world grows by about 1% to 2%. Percent, not an absolute number like a million or 10 million. On a percentage basis, the population gets 1% to 2% bigger. That means that there are 1% to 2% more consumers each year around the globe that are buying goods and services uh, from companies. Second, each year, you, uh, American companies get 1% to 2% more productive. Product, productivity is, a, is an interesting word. What that basically means is that we can produce the same or more goods or services with fewer and fewer inputs. So think about 40 years ago. Were there any robots or were there any computers in manufacturing? No. But if you look at factories today, they're highly, uh, there's lots of robots and there's lots of computers, which makes productivity go up dramatically. So we can create more and more goods with fewer and fewer inputs. In any given year, it's, it's, the differences are subtle, 1% to 2%. But when you grow that over a period of years, that leads to huge gains in the profit, profits of, the, of companies. The third thing is something called inflation. And that is just when products and services get more expensive on a dollar basis uh, over time. That here, that's about a 1-2%. Uh, and the final one I'll throw out there is global expansion. Each year, hundreds of millions of people uh, go around the world, go from being uh, in, in the poverty state or being very, very poor to being middle class. As their wealth increases, they can buy more and more goods from companies around, around the world. So that increases the total pie that companies can go after. So each of these things are small, very, very small, almost in, 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 imperceptible in any given year. But when you add them up together and when you grow them over long periods of time, That increases company profits at a compounding rate, which in turn increases the stock market at a compounding rate. Couldn't have said it better myself. 
Let's bring in another term, and that's a dividend. What's a dividend? Dividends are a wonderful thing to 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 learn about. Every year, American businesses or lots of businesses around the world they make a profit. A profit is simply what what revenue you make minus all of your costs of the business. Businesses exist primarily to generate profits. What those companies do with those profits is entirely up to the companies. There's lots of things that they can do with the profits that they make. They can reinvest in themselves and hire more engineers, build more factories, uh, open up new new geographies. They can pay off debt if they've borrowed money. They can reduce the amount of debt that they have. They can buy other businesses. That's called an acquisition. They can repurchase their own stock from investors. And the final thing they can do is, if they have no better use of that money, they can just give it directly, give that cash, that profits back to their shareholders. And when they do that, that is that is called a a dividend. And you can think of a dividend kind of like the way you think of the interest rate on a bank account. You put your money into a bank, and the bank pays you five percent interest. Well, if you have a hundred dollars in there, you're going to make five dollars per year in an interest income. With a stock, instead of calling it the interest rate, we call it the dividend yield, and that is the cash payments that you get for every every hundred dollars that you have invested in a stock. So a dividend is very similar to interest from a bank. Yeah. Now, how do dividends play a role in compound interest? If you look back historically,、uh, dividends have played a huge role in how the stock market returns that ten percent per year. Uh, those other factors that I listed、uh, before, such as、uh, inflation, productivity, population growth,、uh, and premiumization around the world,、uh, those account for about six to eight percent of the ten percent that investors earn on their money、uh, over time. Dividends have historically accounted for about two to four percent of that total return. So dividends are actually a really critical component of a way that investors can get that ten percent compounded return. As the cash comes in、uh, through owning dividend-paying stocks, those dividends are reinvested back into the company to buy more shares. So dividends are a really important, really important way、uh, to generate compounding wealth in the stock market. Oh yeah, in your book you said like I forgot the guy's name. But he's like invested four hundred dollars. What is it per month? I have a really simple example of a guy named Aaron. It's a fictional character、uh, yeah. in my book who invests a、um, hundred dollars、uh, per week、uh, into the stock market. And you're right. The difference between if Aaron took the money out, if he spent the dividends that he had, versus reinvested the, the dividends, it doesn't seem like that much in any given year. Just like two to three percent、uh, spending versus reinvesting. But over a long period of time, it actually leads to millions, millions. Of extra dollars in your bank account. Yeah, what should kids my age understand about the impact of compound interest in early investing? Yeah,、uh, I am a huge fan of teaching uh, uh, teaching the, these kind of concepts、uh, in, in school.、Uh, I would highly suggest that every kid out there go to the internet and type in compound interest calculator and do a simple calculation of what one hundred dollars invested in the stock market, one hundred dollars a month, could become if you invested it for ten years, for twenty years, for thirty years, for forty years,、uh, and, and more. 
a lot of people's eyes really open up when you showcase that a small amount of money invested consistently into an asset that compounds can literally become millions of dollars uh, in their lifetime. And the best way to take advantage of that is to start when you are young. The younger you can start, uh, the, the more time you have on your side and the bigger your wealth can grow. So I wish that I could teach every kid in America or every kid in the world the power of, of compound interest. Oh, yeah. You say on the front cover of your book that this book has everything you should have been taught about investing in school, but weren't. So what's your thought on the access of the amount of financial education or information provided right now? Right, right now, when I was a kid, uh, I was in, in school primarily in the 80s and 90s. Financial literacy or teaching these basic concepts was essentially non-existent. And to be fair, it was never part of the school's criteria. So a lot of the teachers uh, out there themselves weren't taught these basic financial concepts. I think it should absolutely be mandatory, mandatory that you should learn about basics of personal finance, basics of investing um, before you graduate uh, from, from high school. And I think you should be taught these basic principles starting in elementary school. They should be reinforced in middle school and they should be really reinforced um, in, in high school and throughout college. Now, the good news there is that there is progress uh, on this front. Many U.S. states now require that people take personal finance lessons before they graduate uh, from college. In my home state uh, of Rhode Island, this bill, this was actually introduced um, just a few years ago that high school students must take a personal finance class before they can graduate. Dozens of other states have also followed uh, suit. I would love it if it was instituted at the federal level, but until that happens, it's every parent's responsibility to make sure their kids are taught sound investing and money principles before before they head off on their own. Yeah, I mean, like, that's why we're here right now doing this interview, just to be able to reach more kids and teach them about compound interest. Is there anything we haven't asked you that you would want to share with our audience? Uh, well, I think that you've done a fabulous job reading the book, researching and answering questions. And I think that what you are doing with the, the Cash Kid podcast is really, really fantastic. So I would say you did an excellent job covering, uh, covering the basics. And I would really encourage people to go back and listen to your other podcasts, too, so they can educate themselves. And maybe last and a quick answer, what's at stake by not understanding compound interest? The answer there is, unfortunately, your financial future. Uh, if you can understand the power of compound, compound interest, uh, you can, in one generation, go from being born poor or middle class to ending, uh, as, uh, ending as a rich, uh, a rich person. And like it or not, money affects every aspect of our lives. It affects where you live. It affects the education you can get. It affects whether you can go on vacation, uh, what kind of life experiences you have, what kind of automobile you can have, if you can have health insurance uh, or not. So money is the fuel that enables you to have a great life. So money impacts your life whether you want it to or not. And if you can learn about compound interest and harness its power, you can make money. You can have all the money you will ever need in your life. Yeah, Mr. Brian Feraldi, we appreciate your time and expertise. Please go check out the book called Why Does the Site Market Go Up on Amazon and 
Brian has a website called stockinvesting.school. You can go there. He has a free five-day email-based course that you can enroll in. And over the course of five days, he'll teach you a lot of basics that are covered in his book for free. Cash Kids, we have more terms, discussions, and skills to learn. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. If you have a question, please reach out to me at cashkidpodcast at gmail.com, and I'll answer it in a future episode. You can also reach out via our website at cashkidpodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram and wherever you're listening from, please leave a review. We need your help reaching a larger audience and building the financial skills of the next generation. Cash Kid out. The information presented represents the views and opinions of the guest. This podcast does not intend to provide personal investment advice. This content has been made for informational and educational purposes only. To make a full and informed investment decision, we advise you to speak with a financial advisor. And for kids, definitely your parents first before investing. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.